Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, everyone, we got a very special podcast, a good friend of mine for a long time, the man, the myth, Mark Finkel, known as Finks. How are you? Yes, Mr. Gross, it's an honor. It's a this is fun. This is a long time coming. I know we've talked about it. We haven't quite got it going. It's been, it's been, it's been over a year. It's been over a year we tried to do this. I appreciate you staying on. Let me just kick it off with this because I, I know you know what that is. And those, Ooh, yeah, wow. this is, I still have it. Just think about that, Finks. That's a powerful message you wrote to me. In you know, a, the, the history of that, Jeff, is the, the reason that I signed it is because it came from the sports card world, actually. I mean, really? I, I mean, I, uh, well, I think in my mind and hopefully in reality, that should be a collector's item. And if you have signed and numbered, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a relic auto. And those are worth a lot. I'm, I know some of the men of Finks, they have their <laughs> saved and we, we've gone over that. And I love the message. I love the energy and, and, and we can talk on that. But uh, for, for those of the, the don't know Finks, uh, Legend, honestly, just such a fun guy. I can't wait to just talk with you about wherever it goes. Uh, and, 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 you know, my podcast is more poker-centric. You know, The Magician, who I know, a very good friend of yours, been on twice. Strauss, got to shout the, the boys out. Baje, all those guys would love to have on. Yeah. But, you know, the, my audience is more poker-geared. But let's sure. just give a, give a little bit of a background about who you are, what you do. I have some some notes and topics I want to run through. But give me a little background on your all life right. and where you're at now. Well, for, to your younger friends who I uh, know some of and, and love, I just want to let you know, I played my first poker hand a couple weeks ago. I don't play poker. I don't even know how to play. But I played a couple weeks ago, and I won a hand. And as I said to Majid, Jeff, that feeling was so pure. It was so pure to take the pot. You knew you had an okay hand. I think I had like, you know, two pairs. And I might have even bluffed. It was really something. It was really fun. And I won and then uh, just proceeded to give the whole thing back. And it was a disaster. But I'll never forget that feeling. It was almost like skiing for the first time. And then after you come off the hill, you just got to go back. So I'm not going to go back. Was the high or low bigger? Fish. Was the high was winning the hand or losing more more rewarding or intense? To like or was it more- honestly? So I, I gave away 300 bucks at the end of it. Um, winning the hand was it was worth it. Honestly, it was worth it. I can't fucking imagine with you guys and the stakes and frankly the idiocy of it. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine um, what that must feel like. I, I'll never forget that feeling. Ever, ever, ever. It was one hand, probably my only hand ever, that I'll win, and it was uh, a light. It was a light event. Very, very I, I get it. Um, I get it. You got a little bit of static. I don't know if it's where your mic is exactly. You're talking to your headphones, but you're moving and shaking things. I need. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a. I got. It's, it was. It was better. It was just kind of in and out. I think it's here. You're on. You're talking via your headphones, right? Yeah, that's correct. All right. Yeah, it's good. I think you're, it's fine. I just heard a little static for a sec. Finks, we need a pure, clean podcast. So let me let, introduce yourself. Poker now, we've checked off. You've played a little. Give me, give me the life of Finks. Kind of run through where you're from and take me up to now, and then we'll kind of backtrack. All right. All right. Uh, from New York City. Lucky yeah. to be born and raised there. Uh, went to a private high school, Riverdale Country, which is a, a very nice school in the Bronx. Focused around athletics, met a lot of my friends there. A lot of my old friends are still there, including uh, one that we both know. Um, from there, I went to Emory University, uh, graduated, went to Los Angeles, uh, started in the arm of a talent agency, became an agent. Uh, one day had a reckoning, moved back to New York in 20, uh, 2001, right before 9-11, and then um, stayed there for about, I guess, 13 years. Uh, moved back to LA with started a family in 2014 and that's where I am now. So I've been kind of bouncing off the coast, I guess you could say. And, um, my profession has been entertainment and then real estate and then now both. So that's kind of the long and short of it. I have a, a beautiful wife, two kids, a sister. My parents are still kicking over New York and, uh, my grandparents aren't here anymore, but it's pretty simple. That's it. That's kind of the overall of where I've been. Well, I love it. I love your energy, and I, and I, and I definitely want to go through, uh, kind of look at what what's going on in the world while you're out 
your outlook is, what you believe like is hot, what's trending, where you want to shift your focus, what you think is going on. But first, I do want to kind of touch on when you moved to Los Angeles and you were actually in a, a mailroom Hollywood talent agency, I believe ICM, and you became one of the youngest agents there at 24 years yes. old. Talk to me about that. What made you, why did you go in? Why were you in the mailroom where you, you wanted to become an agent? How did that kind of work out? And how Well, I mean, uh, you know, one of my close friends, his, uh, his mother was a famous producer and she looked at me one day and this is when I was in like eighth grade. She goes, you know, you'd be an amazing agent. I had no idea what agent was. And I think just because I was like, you know, probably a, a ham of some sort. And then I was, uh, I always loved movies. I always loved TV. I always loved, I used to get dressed up when I was six years old for the Oscars. I used to wear, or maybe even younger, I'd wear those pajamas with the foot things. If I ever went to Oscar, I'll tell that story to the whole little crowd. Um, but I started realizing or understanding, you know, what, what a producer did. And I thought that that was in line with what I liked. I also loved the, I, also, I love the whole subject matter of, of, of what, you know, I was watching. So um, I interned for New Line Cinema and then ICM in New York before I graduated college. And then I went out to L.A. into the mailroom. And kind of looked at the landscape and saw that this could be I could be successful. And I think what was interesting was that the journey on that one was more about getting to be an agent than actually when I became an agent, being happy doing that. So I just was like, you know, well, see Sammy run when I was when I was uh, when I was um, I guess it was 18, 19. Oh, no, sorry. 19, 20 and 21 years old. I was just, you know, assisting in the mailroom, hustling and just working it, working people and just making friends and so on. And, you know, opportunities arose. And I became an, uh, an agent at 24 years old. I was specializing at the time. This was pre-Spider-Man Sam Raimi. I was specializing in comic books and toys. And I represented Lego and uh, Ultimate Fighting and uh, just really immersed in that world that we see now is, um, you know, dominant in every level. Uh, immersed in that world, but the truth is, it was really before its time, as far as what, where, what, what those were then and where they are now. So there wasn't really much of a receptive audience at that point. So I was kind of operating in a vacuum. <clears throat> um, and then I became an agent and started representing directors and writers, which I thought was really cool. But also, I thought at the time, as far as spectrum, super small, and I became disenchanted. And then I had a little event over at uh, a movie theater. I was watching, um, I was watching uh, uh, Castaway with Tom Hanks in Santa Monica Promenade alone. And there's that scene at the end where he's in the middle of these crossroads, these four roads. And I just felt like it was me. And I had to make a decision. And I got out of that theater. And I walked to Ocean Boulevard, had a pretty, pretty intense come to Jesus. And I went back to New York the next, uh, the next week. Interesting. You know, it's funny. I had a, a moment in my life where I saw the Lion King and I had seen it before, but it was like when I was older and I, and I had a kind of wild situation going on and there was whatever. And it really spoke to me as well. Like I, I, I relate with that when you feel something in your life that's happening, then you're like kind of not sure lost. And then something just speaks to you in like a scene uh, yeah. or a movie and you're like, wow, always come. you're like, it's for me. It's that's for me. I mean, I guess you could kind of find it to, to you know, but you're looking for a message. You got it. And then you, you decided to go back to New York, right? That was it. You were just like, I'm done. You, how did yeah. it work? Did you, did you put a notice in? Were you just like, I'm out of here. It just, it, no, just, it was, uh, it was, just, I mean, I think, you know, you hear the word bounce all the time. I just, it was a full blown bounce. I was like, that's it. I'm out because it was just that, I guess that clear to me at the time I was really missing New York. I was still, you know, I was 24, 25 and like my, my shit was not settled at all. And I just needed to, you know, get out and I miss New York and I miss the action. I miss the night. I miss the whole thing. So um, I think, you know, obviously in hindsight, which is hard sometimes, you know, probably that was maybe short-sighted in a way, but you know, that's life and you gotta, you gotta just keep going. So um, I think, and I say short-sighted because all those industries that I was specializing in, UFC, comic books, and uh, Lego, just those three in general are, you know, you know what they mean today. So anyway, it was, um, it was a move that I had to do and I did. And then I got into real estate in New York. 
Yeah. And, and so, so tell me how, when you, you decide to move and you, you go back to New York, you get into commercial real estate. Was this something that, uh, you know, you, you, you strike me as someone who's just a go-getter. You want to do everything. You, you're bouncing around. You got ideas. You're ambitious. Uh, when you like, was that, you had to get a license and, and was that like a slow process for you? Well, to, to you know, it, 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 it's funny because I didn't know anything, you know, you don't know anything at 24, 25. You literally know nothing. You're a fucking idiot. Right. And um, you know, when, when I went, well, I went back to start a company and it was called, at the time it was called up standard for talent hemisphere enterprises. And it was almost the, it's basically the, uh, precursor for the card that you're holding called London Cone. But the was an agency based on just representing all people, okay. all people that weren't in the entertainment business. So my, I used to say, if you walk into a restaurant and you ask 90 percent of the restaurant, do you have an agent? And 90% of them would say no. And then I would say, well, why not? And then they wouldn't know what to say. And the, 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 the point of that was that, you know, in life, in everything, there's, a, there's always a buyer middleman seller. And if you have a middleman that knows how to sell what your talent is to anybody and understands who the buyers are, you can be an agent of anything. And that's transitive. And so, um, transitive. And so, uh, and London Code is a transitive property company. And so, um, what happened then was I had to find a job. I was rudderless. Oh, so I was raising money for the 9-11 happened and that was out the door. I couldn't do it just because things were too shitty. Um, so I had to find a job. And I literally remember, I haven't really told anybody this, but I went, I looked up, I was at my parents' house and I was looking at, you know, uh, for, for work section in the, one of the newspapers and they had these telemarketing um, they have telemarketing, uh, you know, jobs where you could, they'll hire anybody on the street just to make money and just to basically, uh, you know, telemarket. And so I remember waiting in the waiting of this, of this telemarketing company. And I was talking to one of the people that were next to me and he was asking what I was doing before. And I was like, Oh, I was an agent. I was, you know, I represented Francis Coppola and, uh, I was on the team of Francis Coppola and, um, you know, Aronofsky and a bunch of his, you know, big, big directors. And he looked at me and he goes, Oh, he looked at me with a look of a dumbfoundedness that um, I'll never forget. He just, you know, I couldn't believe what I was doing there and neither could he. And it was just, it was kind of an interesting moment. Um, so anyway, I had to find something that utilized the skill set of being an agent. And all I, when I came to the realization that that's just being a middleman and you can, it's a middleman buyer seller, right? You're an agent, you sell talent to a studio or to whoever buys that. And that's the same thing that I'm doing that I do in real estate. It's a, I represent tenants, restaurants, or uh, retailers to sell to landlords. And it's the same exact thing. You put the same cap on it. And, so that's how I got into that. And, and, and you know, one of the things I find, which a metaphor or analogies, uh, poker for life or golf for life, and you can apply so many skill sets and, and use it. What did you find from being an, being an agent uh, during that period of time? What do you think you've utilized the most in your life that you've been able to take from that experience and, and work that into your everyday life? You know, I, I think I th it's a good question. And I, I think that with there's this in quote, there's this word called talent and you can't define it because it's, 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 there's so many different things that it could mean, but when you're looking or when you're with a, an owner of a business or a provider, or you're with a, uh, you, you treat everybody as talent. And that means that you care about you know, what they're feeling, how they're feeling. You, you kind of are, you're in the service business with them. And so that's what I took from that. It's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand what they're saying. Always be open, always make sure that you're trying to say yes or get to yes. And then on the other side of that is work hard to get the right deals or those types of people to the buyers of them, which are, you know, obviously in real estate, the developers, landowners, and in uh, entertainment, it's the um, studios or the producers. For sure. So, I, you know, that's 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 kind of the overall what I took. What I also but, but what I did realize was a distinction was that, you know, as an agent, you talk a lot. And as and you talk about sometimes you talk about nothing, you just keep talking and talking and talking and actually nothing's coming out. Nothing. And I was comfortable in that back then. Now, now I can't. I don't want to talk at all. I don't even want to say anything. I don't even want to look at you. I just want you to get to the point point, say yes or no. And that's pretty much it. And we can work around how to get there. 
But when people talk and talk and talk and they don't say anything, I just want to be like, you just, you, you, know, you, just, you have to shut the fuck up. And, and do you, is that partly because of the, the, as you get older and you have two kids, you have a wife and time, the appreciation of time. Again, again, yeah. at 24, 25, you know nothing, right? Yeah, and you, and 46, you have nothing to do. 45. Yeah. You're like, you're like, I just, I have no time to listen and I don't want to listen. I'm impatient. And I'm also like, you know, dying tomorrow. I'm going to be one day older, closer to the death. And this is morbid, but like, don't waste time. Don't waste my time. Yeah. I, I yeah, actually, so that was different. I have a, one of my very close friends birthday today and I text him happy birthday. And then I, I like looked at the date and I was like, oh, it's two, two, 21. I was like, oh, that'll be, you know, next year, two, two, two. Two, two, that's funny. And then he was like, if I make it. And I was like, that's kind of fucking dark. Yeah. And he's like 52, but it's like, you know, the, the, the world's crazy out there, man. Like COVID, this, yeah. who knows? Like, right. you know, who knows? Like meteor, whatever other shit's going on. Like, it's just hard no, to No, you start up thinking, with. you start thinking really crazy shit when you get yeah. up. Or when you start in middle age, you know, you're just, you're starting to think some, some, some foul stuff. <laughs> right. Well, let's keep it, let's keep it positive and, 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 and moving forward. And actually, interesting enough, if I wasn't, if I didn't do poker and whatever kind of I'm doing just different sort of uh, content stuff, that was that people ask about that. Like, oh, what would you, you know, if you didn't play poker, where would you go? What would you do? Like, that would be, that was my default answer was an agent. You know, one of my very close friends, uh, his agent, Peter Carlisle, who works at Octagon, you know, who I respect and know, known for a long time. Time, you know, I basically like I was like, man, that's so cool. Like Jerry Maguire, right? Like you see a movie like Rounders for poker, Jerry Maguire for for that. Like I thought that was cool. Like you get to you know go around, represent, wheel and deal, talk to people, have fun, uh, and, and that 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 really appealed to me. I thought that would actually be what I believe I would do if I wasn't doing whatever whatever this is that I'm doing with poker and content. Uh, and then I think it's pretty cool. And let me just before we close out on the agency chapter, do you think it was more like you were dealing with directors and writers, and it wasn't your passion? You said you kind of lost it. Like, what, do you think if you were representing you know at what like let's say one of your best friends was an athlete in college and a star and you were kind right. of rise up that way like would it have been more fun would you want to do some other stuff or did you just think this is really you know, what I want to do? so, so it's, a, it's a it's a beautiful point you're alluding to mr mr gross and i go back to this all the time at that age you just don't know what you don't know you have no idea there's no, no reference you have no reference point so while it was probably the most exciting thing and it, it to me because I excelled or, or, or succeeded in becoming agent at that young, I just thought I could probably do anything I wanted, whenever I wanted, at any time. And that was the foundation of why basically I left because I felt it was getting too small. If I did this in this long a period of time, then God, I should probably go much bigger than this. So, um, uh, yeah, so I didn't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so to me, the grass was always greener on the other side and it, I wasn't present with it. So I went to the other side, which was New York. And, and do you, do you believe though, uh, do you believe the trajectory? Like if, let's say you had just stayed in as an agent, like do you, do you have any regrets on that? Do you think that like, if you had been there for what, this is, we're talking, this is a lot of, you know, 15, you know, you don't, I don't, I don't regret because it's always, you have to just keep evolving. So there's no regret. You can't do that or else well, just for sure. And look, that, that's not, I guess that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like you're obviously, so let's, let's, let's segue into your second career, the commercial real estate. You know, you, you had a stint, you did in New York and now you're doing it back in, and yes. uh, yeah. what you're doing. So give me, give me a little bit of, uh, you know, so what I, went back to New, I went back to New York and I started, you know, just like the mailroom, you got to start over. And I basically was doing maps on the street and I was hanging signs in buildings like, like, like crazy shit. And then eventually I, um, you know, started garnering my own clients and then, you know, hustling them to their different buyers, so to speak. And I got into that. Um, in New York, it was easy. It was a bit of a bubble because, you know, New York is high, high rents, high level, uh, very high pedestrians and pedestrian counts, I should say. And, you know, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of companies go from zero to huge, you know, in uh, right. when I was there. And so it was interesting, but it always wound up it always wound up being a little bit less um, exciting, I guess you could say, than uh than what was, you know, the, the, than the agent or the entertainment product that, that I was in before. And I think it was just because it's not very creative as far as real estate. And it is when you're starting to, you know, employ your vision on certain projects. But at the beginning, it was like, you know, you're doing drug studios. 
<laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. And and uh, what what would be the biggest comparison between doing in New York and then now in, in in California? What is the biggest difference in the real estate, and and how are you able to apply what you learned in New York and and kind of capitalize? And also, two part question is: Would you say the New York being commercial real estate is there any is it more advanced, or did were you able to learn stuff in New York maybe ahead of the curve on what was going on in LA and pick up on some trends and stuff, or, or was it just par for the same? Were they both like in the same? Yeah. Place? Well, New York, New York is definitely a, um, again, it's a bit of a bubble. It's a whole, it's, it's, the, the rents are five times as much as anywhere else. The competition for a space is five times as much as anywhere else. And frankly, it's dirtier than everywhere else. I mean, this is the, 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 the real estate brokerage game is a dirty game, I think. Um, you know, you never know nothing. You uh, Certainly as a middleman, you're not in control of anything. You don't control your destiny. The people that you represent or the people that you're selling to, they do. So what you learn sometimes is heartache from it. And what you learn sometimes is, you know, major success from it. But um, they're, they're pretty much, you know, the same as far as the materials that you're working with and kind of and how you're doing it. L.A. is much more spread out. New York is much smaller. Um yeah, and I think I think the difference is in New York, there's just so many so many kids running around trying to do that, and then in LA, there's there's not as much, and there's some lifers too, which is uh, interesting to see. For sure, and and also now, so you're doing uh, producing and some film stuff. Tell us like what else besides yes. commercial real estate. Tell us what what you got. Well, like. when I when I left uh, when I left painting, I. There was a couple of things that I kept my hands on and I you know, considered, I, I kind of optioned the rights to all of them. A couple of comic books, a couple of books. And one of them is a uh, interesting project that I'm very excited about that is currently uh, in development at Apple. And then another one um, is currently in development at AMC. And so uh, that stuff is really kind of, for me at this point, exciting and hopeful. I really like, I like being involved in that. And um and, you know, I've been doing or thinking about this for since I was, you know, 19, as far as seriously, and to have it some come to fruition, I and mean, we haven't seen it on screen yet. And you haven't read about it yet in the trades. But when that happens, I'll feel very, very, uh, very, very good. And, and, and speaking of AMC, that's a hot topic, GME, AMC, any, any thoughts on all that and, and what's going on with the markets and uh, how involved are you in terms of markets? Do you, do you have advisors? Uh, you know, investor, right? I wish I was, I wish I was more involved. I think it's a reckoning and I think it makes sense. I'm really interested in systems. Uh, my friend, Stephen Aaron Kranz talks about that with me a lot. The systems behind the stock market is fascinating. I actually always had an idea to take people public, literally like you, Jeff, like you're a stock, Right. <laughs> The That's derivative up of that is the stock market, right? It's a bunch of companies based around people. But I, anyway, I digress. The, uh, the whole system of that has been so protected and antiquated, I think, from all of these different mechanisms that are involved that yeah, it's, uh, it's almost like everybody is shut out in a way. Like when a stock opens at 18, you don't get it at 18. You get it at 25 after all the fatso's already ate a little bit of it, right? So that's crazy. The whole thing should be open and transparent. I do believe that. So, uh, you know, I, I I think that that's a little bit, what's happening? A lot of shit's going on. Crazy shit. Um, All over the place. Yeah, I, I, it's true. I mean, this is a, it's a crazy time to be alive. I mean, it's uh, some really interesting things like crypto, sports cards. You know, I don't know. We, we mentioned I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I know it's not something you're really into. But just curious, like as a kid, did you collect or was that was that popular? Did you I collected own? everything. I was a sports card everywhere. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Thousands of them. But they're not worth anything. I don't know why the modern stuff is worth much more than the, the No, that's not true. Stuff, that's but. not true. The old stuff is actually what's worth. The problem is you actually might be if you got them laying in the trunk somewhere, you might be surprised because you're the my generation was the wrong stuff to collect like i have early 90s it's all like for better lack of better word trash uh and now it's actually getting a little bit of more thing but really like the 80s and before you know like the 80s what's a henderson what's a what's a henderson tops rookie right now that was 1980 i i, I, I see my friend could rattle off like you tell him whatever I, I actually don't know it's not nearly as much as some relic auto or, 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 or jersey auto that you find right now i mean right. that but, whole yeah, but, but, but it's good. Mattingly rookie, uh, Clemens rookie. No, nothing. Clemens rookie is actually pretty valuable. 
Really? Yeah. Like I, I bought one last year and it's, it's, it's gone up a lot since. And, and they were, you, you'd be surprised. I think if you got, you should, if you got a All trunk, right. you should take a look, send me a couple pics. I got a trunk. Yeah. I got a trunk. I'm, I'm super, super into comic, comic books though. That's my thing. Yeah. Books. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, that might be the next thing. Keep those preserved. Like, you know, people are paying for video game cartridges and Pokemon cards are going for a million. So, you know, things just, buy everything. just hang on, just hang on for that. Uh, and, they and I guess one, one of the, one of the big things I want to ask you too, then is about, uh, with what you see, you you Jim are we're in the mix. We're doing it. We're doing it. So I want to know what you are excited about and what you believe is the next sort of thing that you're kind of got your eye on. Because let's uh, let's give the let's give a shout out to the Men of Finks. You know, they're a very strong group, great guys, very successful in their in their own right in their own spot. Which yeah. area industry yeah. like within that crew, the, the mastermind there? What what are people kind of hot on? What are what do you think people are sleeping on? What do you think with COVID and, and at home and working and what are you kind of noticing, thinking about and, and, and where are you looking to maybe pivot and take a shot in, in some industry other than the things we mentioned you got going on? Because I want to know, Finks, I know you know stuff and I want to hear what you know. Yeah, um, I got the eye on some trends. Um, Vam OF is a successful group. They really are. I mean, it's a tough group. I don't even. I don't even know what we can disclose or not disclose. You know, I've dabbled, uh, and then I, you know, that's up to you. You're the you're the face of the of the thing. You're the it's you're a, the guy. It's a, it's, a, I think it's a tough group to be in because, like, you gotta you gotta you know you can't help but compare yourself to the you are who your friends are. You can't really help but compare yourself to the guys around you. Some of these fucking guys. One of them, you know, in particular, it's just, it's, it's an amazing thing. Right. It's um, like, yeah. yeah. So it's, you're the face of that group, but like, you know what I'm saying? So whatever you, I'm saying, what are you seeing? What are you noticing? What are, you know, we're, we're joking around. It's a chat. It's a WhatsApp. It's a group, a chat group. WhatsApp's having issues itself. I don't know if that's getting moved to another uh, uh, platform. Uh, there's privacy issues. We could talk on that, which I'm fascinated on your thoughts, but uh, tell me what you believe is like hot, trendy, and maybe people aren't aware to, and that you're thinking about. You know, I'm, I, well, experience related things, experience related anything. I've been obviously probably a little bit foundationed in, in uh, the hospitality industry as far as restaurants or, or, or entertainment in, in a real estate perspective. And so I just think the trend on that is just all experience. If you look what MSG is doing in the sphere in Vegas, you know, that's kind of where things are going. If you look at the companies coming out of uh, the UK or coming out of um, coming out of the Europe and also the States, as far as employing content from the studios, the movie studios, and then making them into experiences, either theater or whatever, interactive things uh, for the public in public spaces. That's kind of that's at least what I'm seeing as far as trending in, in real estate. Um in entertainment, I think trending is you're going to see so much more beautiful content on TV just because of what's happening with COVID and, 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 and the reset sociological button that's been pressed to everybody. Like, I'm, you know, watching movies on HBO Max that I would have watched in theaters, actually judging them differently, which is which is interesting. So I think that, that the that the home theater is going to become much more prevalent um, in our world now. Um, I think I think that, uh, you know. Health certainly is going to be something huge. I think that Tesla is going to kill it. And I think we're going to really get excited when people start colonizing you know, the moon and Mars. I'm into that. I want to buy real estate up there. Yeah, I know there's people sell, there's real estate being sold. I don't think it's technically, uh, uh, what's the it's word? It's not. It's not real, yeah, but people legal. are, they're selling no. it. People are selling everything. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a crazy time. All right, real estate, I do have to ask because my main hub is the Miami area. And yeah. I know New York is one of your main areas. And honestly, New York, LA, and Miami are pretty interesting right now. It seems like, LA, that area is kind of in disarray or like stuff was closed. So I want to talk about what's happening there, but also New York, my understanding and what I'm seeing, hearing and noticing is a lot of people are moving from New York to Miami, uh, whether it's in the financial institutions or people are just like, you know, is, is, is New York in jeopardy? Is our prices going down in real estate? Cause like my understanding is people are vacating yeah. or whatever. Is that real? Like is New York in trouble well, or is this going to rebound? There's a, there's, I think there's a couple of driving forces in that. The first is that New York is mental. It's just mental. And then when you couple it normally being mental, I mean, you have so many people, the right. noise is, there's actually true noise pollution. So many people, subways and, you know, Manhattan is one big concrete block. So you have that, okay? It's mental to begin with. Then you have the weather, which is truly, it's truly special. It's very cold. 
And then you have kind of Miami, which is always warm, always hot, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Almost, you know, bohemian, like my shirt. And it's almost an easy decision, especially if you can work in both places. So I understand what that move is. Uh, prices going down in New York residentially, I think absolutely. I know that rent's been destroyed. Um, you know, there's tenants not ever paying rent again. So, yeah, but I don't think New York, you know, New York is probably the most uh, powerful city in the country as far as retention it always bounces back and uh, it's not going to be like you know a catastrophe people are always gonna, i mean my family's always going to be there i'm always going to want to go back but i the, the move to miami makes sense so i was in miami last week um i was socially distanced and masked up don't you worry public and um it was a fucking mardi gras it was unbelievable it was actually ridiculous well, but, thanks. First yeah. of all, I got to pause. We just got to take a real serious look at what's going on here. This is this is what I'm saying. This is a state because we're one of those. Whenever I see you or talk to you, I always just feel like we talk about let's do something, let's get involved, and then life happens and kids and whatever. Jeff this, Rose! this is a, this is upsetting though because for, I'm not in Miami at the moment, but I. I'm supposed to be. So I would have liked the notification, a call. I think we should have a rule anytime coming to California. Look, you're coming I'm there to, all the I, time, baby. Good well, time hotel. Me, Dave Rutman, Pharrell, Eric Birnbaum. We're making a beautiful You guys are shaking bacon. I, you're welcome. I, I, well, yeah. let's let's make sure we're we're aligned on that because I'm that's going to be that's my hub. And this is not acceptable. So, all right, let's. You know, maybe we should have a poker room in there. See, I, boom. I have, I got a, I got a, I got a little something going there. Just thinks next time you're, give me a, give me more than 24 hour heads up and you're welcome to stay at my place anytime as well. So whether really? I'm there, whether I'm I'm there or I'm not, going, all right. Whether I'm there the or not. The 11th, JG, the 11th. Of you February? said it, I'm taking it out. Yes. Oh, wow. All right. I'll be back. So let's, uh, let's do it. That's a, let's, that's official. Let's do it. That's in, we're in, we're all doing right. something. All right. So Miami, so what do you, and then, and then LA, talk to me about, uh, what's happening in there? Because you know people are—it's—it's—it's it's, it's bizarre, right? Talk to you about what's happening here. I'll talk yeah. to you. About it. Tell I'm me. Talk to you about it. Tell me what's the deal. Well, I've been locked up in this shit box for seven months. <laughs> okay. I've been homeschooling my kid. I've been homeschooling my kid. He's never been to school. He goes to private school. You know what it's like to watch you pay for tuition for private school, and they expect you, me, to teach him how to read and write, right? I don't know how to fucking read and write. Right. I, I got to teach him. It's been, it's been, it's been uh, devastating. Actually, right. that's how it's been. It hey. really has. It's like this homeschooling thing, and I have a two-year-old, and she's not exactly, you know, not crying. So uh, I can guarantee that my son's not going to go to Harvard, and I can tell you that uh, it has taken a toll that I never thought it would. That's the honest thing. I mean, hey. this whole. This full thing. How, how old is your son? He's five and a half years old. I mean, you're just, you're, he's out on Harvard. You're taking him out of the Ivies right now. And why is that? You're saying because you're the one teaching him, not the private school. That's what you're I'm, saying. I'm saying, I'm saying because I'm the one teaching him. Right. And, you know, like at some point he's got to understand that TH is th, th, right? That's, and he doesn't get it. He, does, he's he not doesn't there. get it. No, I mean, and you know what happens when he doesn't. You know what happens when he doesn't get it. His sister doesn't I don't get, get it. it, and you don't get it. Everyone's, I don't get it. Everyone's losing. So nobody, the, nobody gets it. That's tough. And when when is uh when when are they expecting? Like, because it doesn't even matter at this point. Are you? Is it almost like numb to it? Because I I know they keep pushing back and pushing back. Like, when is there pushing even a plan? Back. Or are they just stop with the plan? Are they just like we're not sure? We'll tell you when we're live. They actually the parents used to go crazy and now nobody gives it anymore. He's already lost a year, basically. Yeah. I don't know. They they say he might come back next week, but then there's gonna be a strand that'll keep them back here. It's a never ending cycle of viciousness, it really is. And uh, I'm right in the middle of it. And I gotta tell you, it's gonna toll. It, yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about mental health a bit and just in general, because uh I feel I yeah. feel like this is something where you know, you're working at home, you have kids at home. I my my son's just under two, so it's a little different. He's not doing the homeschool, but like let's talk about your 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 that that's type of deal. You're at home. You're in not really going out much or at all or whatever. I don't know. Like you can walk, can you right. go out and like walk around or you can't really go outside? Like what's no? Like, you can, we can go to your backyard, but you yeah, nothing's not, open. Nothing hasn't open. been open. So there's there's very little to do. And and honestly, because of the you know the rates that have gone up and so on, you're also like you're kind of fucking scared. So you don't even want to go out. But I don't know, man. It takes. It, I think mental health is going to be one of the lasting um, uh, victims of, of this whole thing. It's, you know, if you have a propensity to kind of, I'm 
a little unstable to begin with. My dad was kind of fucked up. But if you kind of if you have the propensity to go there or those places, it will be accentuated by the situation. And certainly if you have kids of that age, they're thrown in the middle of it. And then you have uh, I mean, my wife works on the COVID floor of one of the hospitals. So I'm pretty kind of in, in this bubble of COVID and it's uh, it'll get you. And, you know, you know, when you find yourself drinking and, you know, doing shit at home by yourself and you're just like, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh, there's some it, well, stuff. I mean, that that's like the thing, because, you know, it's interesting topic, but it's true because like life has kind of its its design, its course and your kid goes to school and you have time, yeah. whatever, like all of a sudden yeah. these things are all right. Like, look, I love my wife or, you know, if you have a girlfriend, a partner, whatever it is out there. You know, it's it's cool, but like doesn't matter who it is. If you're with someone 24 seven, it just doesn't really design like it's like you need some time in certain you know spots or apartments or imagine being in New York City and you're in like a two bedroom or one bedroom place with your person 24 seven. You can't leave like people yeah. go nuts, man. It's like it's hard to even <laughs> understand. Right. Like it's hard to even uh, you're going to you're going to you're going to see a few more kids from this and then you're going to see a lot of divorce. Right. I, I mean, honestly, yeah, like it's, there, it's not meant to be. when you look at uh, tipping point or blink or whatever and these things and you start talking about like periods in time. Like, yeah, I think when you look from like. 16 20 years 30 years from now uh there's gonna be some weird stuff happening and, and a lot of uh there's definitely some some repercussions and, and stuff that's that's come with it so what would be your advice based on what you've been doing what you've been noticing what you see is working and doesn't work what do you think what would be some advice out there for for people and what you're because i feel like you're intuitive you're sharp you talk with people i want to hear what you believe is is some tricks or things that you're, you you say okay i'm not doing this anymore this hasn't been working or this is what i find helps give me a little bit of that as far as what being in the bubble of COVID, yeah, like and 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 being in California, COVID, and what you would uh, what what you're kind of uh, looking, you know, how do you kind Honestly, of handle it? Honestly, okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, because it, I just kind of proved it. There was a couple months ago, it was dark. It was just super dark, and um, my wife got a Peloton for uh, for uh, I guess. I don't know. She it got blends it, together. The years blend together. I don't even. I, I don't know yeah. what the yeah. I couldn't. Like, tell you what I don't even is. know what the last yeah. holiday was. So right. yes it's in our garage. I started doing it and I started feeling better. And I got to say that like, yes, the truth is exercise really does work. It does. And I've put on like, you know, whatever amount of weight since this whole thing went down, but exercise does work. You got to do it or you got to go to something else and do that. But you gotta, you gotta get out the stress somehow. And, um, recently that's, it's made a mark in terms of like, okay, you know, you start to feel better just normally. Yeah. It's important. I, I, I agree. And it's also, you got to carve that time out, have a trainer or have a set time for yourself because it, it really can yeah. go a long way. If you don't do it, it's so easy. You know, all of a sudden now it's 11 a.m., 9 a.m., your kid's doing school. It's nighttime and the day just well, goes look, or whatever. Yeah. I've, a body and rest tends to stay at rest. And it's easy to stay at rest. And by the time, and I'm a perfect example, by the time you know it, you're messed up. Your body's messed up. Your head's messed up. Everything's messed up. And then you got to get it out and get it off. So that's yeah. what uh, it's important to do that. And I, I think, I think I, the gyms are closed. Everything's closed. I agree. And so actually in terms of the real estate, how does that affect like that industry and business with, with people not paying rent, with commercial real estate? Uh, what are you noticing? And, and what do you think the, the long-term impacts are going to be with this? And then how does I that think impact the long your term, business? Well, I, I think the long-term impacts are, are long-term and that was a box that I was checking during this whole thing. Being in my position where you're a commission based, you know, where you make your living off of commissions and you have no control who opens and when, because of this, you don't get any commissions. And when you do a deal the year, like this has taken effect to the point where when you do a deal a year prior to today, that deal, because it has so many triggers to pay the commission, it's in jeopardy and it won't pay. And then the deal moving out for another year, won't pay because of uh of the time element and situations there and the different attributes of the deal so um it's been effective and it's it, it's been detrimental to my business or to a lot of people's business in real estate not even mo more than landlords um three years you know like you're three years away from kind of making up or coming back to a normality of where you could maybe you know depend on this type of lifestyle uh, in this business. So there's a lot of pivoting that needs to happen a lot. 
And, you know, we, we're, we're kind of in the midst of what that looks like now, but it's a specifically in this type of business, real estate, being an owner and or being a broker and being a tenant, you know, everybody's down 70%, 80%. It's a very, very scary time. Very, like, really scary. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's stimulus checks, the government's printing money. You got, I, you know, I've been I, over the COVID period. I was in Michigan at one point. I see in Miami when I've been here during parts of the time as well, uh, when, I, when I'm there, it's like, you know, stuff's open, people are spending money, stuff's going on, but it's kind of weird, right? The stock markets are up, Bitcoin's over 35K, uh, sports cards, everyone's buying. Like, I, I honestly, Jeff, I don't, it might be beyond my, 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 my mental ability, but I, you know, we got guys that are so smart. I don't understand it at all. I can't understand how everything is kind of really the worst it's ever been economically. People are dying and the stock market's never been higher. Like, I don't really fundamentally get that. Right. And, and, unless, and unless it's all based on and it could be. And I've seen this as far as nature, unless it's just all based on lies and those lies beget wealth. You know, I mean, I'm stuck. In this. I have so much time to think here, but I don't know. I don't want to say that my outlook isn't 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 positive because it is. But like I is it all one big lie? I mean, listen, we could go dark, deep and, and crazy with the simulation and all the other stuff, what's going on out there, like in, in the world. But I mean, honestly, when you really step back, you know, I've been in Brazil yeah. and, and I look at and the, the, the you know, Trump's president, like people are storming the Capitol building, wearing costumes. They look like they're in Burning yeah. Man. Crypto's <laughs> going wild. Like, you know, from, it's just kind of wild. It's like, fucking bananas. It's, it's, manic. it's bananas. And it's, it's so we're numb to it. Right. Because like, again, like the COVID, I remember the first part where it's crazy. You know, I was in Russia. Like, how do I get? home like what's going on you know this is that and then like all of a sudden even yeah. people in the industries like the sports cards my friend who's one of the, the leaders of the like at the top just, like he was like i'm go ahead you just told me a jordan rookie psa 10 at one point you think and i don't disagree with you it was going to be one million dollars it was at 20,000 in January, 2019. It was at like a hundred K in September Two just sold for 748,000, like three days ago at an auction. And, so, and you, no one can get them and everyone wants them. And a Jordan one was like $300 a year ago. It's it just sold for 3,700, a one. I mean, it's in, like, this is just, and it's, it's not, and people want to say a bubble or whatever. And listen, I'm not going to, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just telling you, I know energy. I saw daily fantasy. I saw Bitcoin. I see it. I feel it. I know like what I believe and what's true. And, and based on like, you know, that's sort of my world is yeah. talking to people. No, and, frequency. Like, and yeah. And people are, are bananas. I got friends that own stores. They can't get inventory. I got guys right. I meet at a party that are buying half a million in sports cards after they didn't know what they like. Oh, cause you know, it hits that frequency as well of like, Oh, as a kid, you know, thinks you got kids that are growing up now, your son yeah. sports. Yeah. I used to collect. That's kind of fun. Oh, do I want to, do I want a $5,000 painting or do I want to, you know, uh, right. Kobe, yeah, you yeah. know, listen, like it, there's nostalgic stuff with it too. And it just kind of like right yeah. place, right time technology. There's, there's a, uh, apps now you know i don't know if you remember beckett did you ever have those magazines you look of course. yeah so now though you there's like websites and you just plug it in and you can see what just sold and get alerts for what's it's just like it's right place right time wow. sports is legal Efficient. at a federal level people like to gamble it's like you you, you don't even have to buy you don't even have to bet on the super bowl buy a brady card today it's either going to go up a lot or go down summer but you know like there's just, it's just it's yeah. an interesting it's an interesting little uh interesting world but i forget where Either i was going on it on a, on a well, tangent we were talking about things are absolutely bananas. right They're well also in terms sense. of if it falls apart and you're in like to the point of it feels like there is something coming because my oh, I, I was saying about my friend who's in sports cards he was like the world's ending he was like dude i might have to sell he was going to sell like this and that and was like panicking he thought the market with covid would like because historically like when the housing crash that hurts the market like sports cards right because it's like people don't have all the extra income or money right. disposable and they're just like whatever but this time it's different people are at home people want they couldn't watch sports they want to get in whatever but like that the point is people all thought the world was ending like the stock market fell like that no one thought yeah. i mean the, the opportunity to, to buy like it got back to new all-time highs but yeah the question is is, is it gonna drop to new all-time lows and maybe not recover or are we just like pretending nothing's wrong because it's almost like people no, think I, nothing's wrong like that's how it's yeah, acting I, like like everything's normal no 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 there's something very 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 wrong right there's just something very wrong with what's going on because none of it makes sense and usually when it doesn't make sense it's it's not it, it's not physical. 
Right. I mean, we're not stupid. We're, we, we know how to speak English and we're not like, uh, you know, we know we understand language, which is the basis of like communication. So we, there's just something not right with what's happening. I don't think. Right. Uh, and there usually is. I mean, I think the yin yang of the world and all that kind of stuff usually is a correction of some sort. And there's going to be on this. There has to be, I think, because none of it is based on foundational, I guess, but data. It's, it's also all it, fucking hype. It's also like, yeah, it's FOMO, too, because now it's similar with sports cards. Like part of me is like, oh, I should sell a good part of my cards because this is, doesn't make sense. But then you're also like, oh, if it starts to go down, like I'll just go down. But like, that's not really how it works. You know, you can't you, you either kind of get out or don't because like once it once stuff starts really happening and going down, you know, if it does, whether it's sports card crypto or the market, you know, because not everything's going to win like this rate. That's not all just going to keep going like perfectly smooth. So, you know, what and where? And then, you know, it, it's at the same time, though, it's kind of hard to just pull out when you're when you're in the zone. Right. When things are really flowing, like, well, you're also to... you're also so vested. So, I mean, I don't know. It depends on your outlook. If you're right. conservative, you'd pull out if you just want to ride it. And it's also very I mean, that's the most speculative, whatever. I always just say, let's just 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 buy bullion, just buy gold. And, yeah, uh, I, I saw some big report okay. that uh, Reddit was pushing silver. Have you see the silver push? I love silver. I love, I love it. I I'm down. With, I'm down with bronze, bro. Any of it. Any I'm of bronze. It. All right. That's a good. Yeah. Well, the silver supposedly just went up a Old lot. I, I don't know. I don't really know, but they were Di- uh, you know. diamond, gold coins. Just go old school. This other stuff. I just don't understand it. I really right. don't. Yeah. Like maybe a, that's because maybe that's why I'm not a fucking billionaire. <laughs> and then uh, what do you what do you uh, what are you most excited about coming up? Like, do you do you have a do you have would your do you have the agency to bring this to fruition? Do you have a do you have a do you would you want to do something like that? Are you happy? You got a lot going on, but is there any like passion project that you would really want to do? I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited about these, these, hopefully these, these entertainment projects I'm working on. I really am. I mean, they speak to me as much, if not more than everything else. And I I've come to a place where it's like, you know, you got to know yourself at some point you should uh, at a certain age. And, you know, I get excited when I talk about these things and I get passionate when I think about them and I get hopeful, you know, um, and that means a lot. And so that's kind of what I'm excited about. And, you know, look, the card that you have, London Cone, it's basically, it is the, it's basically a stock market for people. That's the end game, right? And it's, it's, a, it's a circle of, of people that I connect with, that I give them that. It's a, it's a token of my... Uh, attachment to them, so to speak, right? It's almost like, all right, I'm gonna give you this and I represent you now in life. And there's no hold, there's there's no, there's no consideration. There, there is nothing that you need to give me for that. Nothing. It just means that you're with me. It's basically a social network. And I want nothing for it. There's nothing, right? And you're you're a member of London Cone now. So what does it mean? Maybe it means that if I ever see anything that I can connect you with, let's talk about it. That's all. Um, and it's just you're part of my life. That's what that is. And how many people you know, possess something like this? How many people are part of London Cohen? That's Transitive a really property. good question. I, you know, I, not I, just I handing probably, them out, right? No, I'm not just handing them yeah. out. No, right. no, no. They're, every person that has that is very special. But I, I <laughs> last count was uh, 68. 68. All right. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's not, that's not a ton. Yeah, it's not. I mean, that's more no, than No, it's not a ton. But like, that but that, it really entails like, you know, you got to know the person, you got to talk to them, you got to have a frequency with them. It's very, very special. Um, are there, are there more printed? The, are there more that are available? Like, or do you have, like, did you print a hundred and you just like, you have some left or could you just print more or do you print more? Or is that like, did you number them? Is it like, is that it? Is there a certain cutoff? I, I, I have 300. Oh, you, there's so there's still plenty available. Okay. There's, there, there's still, there's still, I've been a little bit preoccupied. I mean, you can't get out. To there's not, yeah. Who are you but, giving uh, them to at some point? You can't, they're, they're, they're they've been frozen right. for a while. Uh, and, and, uh, I guess I, my, my other question to you is about, um, you know, being seen the entertainment industry, the nightlife, the restaurant business, you know, obviously with Jason yeah. and, and just kind of, you know, seeing that, uh, Tao, Lavo, the, the you mentioned Madison, MSG. What's going on? Like, how how do you feel like that industry in particular? Do you think do you think that they're you know wh- where do you see that outlook? Because I'm just curious. In in LA, there's so much nightlife, so many restaurants, and, and those type of businesses, the restaurant nightlife stuff. I mean, that's a bigger type of brand and production. I guess they do takeaway. But what do you think? Because um, I mean, you know, at some point we're talking about so many people's lives, jobs. You're talking about real estate. You're talking about, uh, you know, like you were mentioning the pipeline and how things get messed up. Restaurants, yeah. waitresses, workers, yeah. business. Like at some point, like if things all really coll- like 
mess up. It's uh, you know, it, yeah, it can it can kind of just everything get really well, messed up. So what's going on there? Look, there there's there's a theory, and I actually think it's it's pretty sound that the twenties, the success of the twenties for the country was based on the depression, right? And the, pre- the depression was so dark, not probably so different from what things are like now. I mean, there's no, you know, food lines or stuff like that, but it was so dark that people were so excited to get back out. So excited to get back to drink, get back to, you know, communal eating that it led to the roaring twenties. And I, I think that it's a, it's, it's not a bad theory. And, and the proof of that a little bit is kind of what I just saw in Miami, which was bananas. People are just, you know, out and eating and in places of community and basically just like, um, you know, congregating and they're happy to do it. They don't care so much about what's going on. I think if you take that on the macro that you're going to see guys like like Tao and guys like the other groups that make it out of this alive, you know, it'll take them years to get back to where they were or as far as you know, the money that was lost during all of this. But I don't think that, I think that their businesses are going to be more powerful than they were before. Yeah. I, I, I would people are just ready, ready to, ready to, ready to go. And, and, and what do you, what about the, the information, you know, Democrat, Republican, you know, new, different news, you watch one channel, another, how, how do you believe that like Florida, and California yeah. and New York, yeah. how can they all be operated so differently in different cities, counties? Right. Like how confusing is that if you're like someone at home? It's incredible. Know, it's like, it's like, honestly, how, I don't even know. It's incredible. You know, I got my parents say one thing, your wife says another. It's like, it gets stressful too. Cause then you don't really know what to do because like you, you have know, your own, your opinion, but you know, you're like offending. And then that, that you're already like church, state, religion, government, these things, you, you, know, you don't really, you don't talk about now. Here we go. This is like a current event and we're not trained and, and, how do you how do you handle that? How do you know what to believe? Our president says one thing. The mayor, governors, like where where yeah. where do you make a decision? You know, your your wife is on the front line there with the uh, nurse and COVID, and like probably has a yeah. pretty good idea. But like, yeah, you know, what do you do? New so strain, what's you know, real? Fake I, news. You know, what are we doing? I'm things? there. I'm 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 very into this. Like, uh, I I'm very into this subject. I always have been. I'm very patriotic. I love our country. I really yeah. I love our country. Um. I'm a liberal. I'm a Democrat. And my news source is Fox. I watch Fox and I watch it because I'm smart and I watch it because I'm accepting and I watch it to see other people's views. I know what mine are. And it's not hard to understand what your views are. It's your belief system. It's how you were brought up, I guess, you know, most importantly, but also like it's hard to uh, it's a feeling like you just you you know what the truth is. You, you know how you feel about the truth, which is why I'm so. I believe that there's two different countries. I mean, I, I think I think that some of the people that some of the things that you watch, the, the, the opinions, while completely valid, are so different than mine. And so so much more like uh, they're, they're they're so um, not blasphemous, but they're they're so crazy as far as like, how could you think that way that um, and I don't want to overstate this, but right. I accept them all. I think that they're all completely valid and they're wonderful, but they're so different than mine that you wonder how we all coexist the way that we do. And it's wonderful. It's kind of a wild thing. It's a, it, it, it is a union and you have to be like that. But what we're seeing today is like, you know, when Trump won, I was watching it and you realize that was the first time I realized like, wow, we really, I really don't have no idea where I live. I don't know this country at all. I know New York, I, I know LA and Miami, I know Chicago um, but those are all like-minded states, uh, not Miami, uh, or Miami, you know, Dade County specifically is, but, um, it's, uh, it was a reckoning, I think for a lot of people, especially, well, certainly for me. And, and I, again, I don't, I can't overstate how shocked sometimes and surprised I am by how other people think. And it really leads yourself to like, you don't really know anyone. Right. I mean, it's hard to really, really know somebody. And when you see what's going on now, we have it, it's it's we have two different sides, two different countries. And it's incredible. And I watch Fox one for the interest of seeing other people's point of views. But also, like, I just can't like Tucker Carlson or, or, or Hannity. Like I sometimes do a video to Hannity because his monologue when he gets on, it's basically just whining. And you're just like, oh, 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 Hannity. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh. And it's just, 
I'm very interested in, in in the whole thing, but it's certainly so, it's shocking sometimes how some I, how one side can feel the way that they do. Well, I mean, it's also you know cultural, and and again, like you said, it's like and you're in our way. We're Americans. We're patriotic, or we love our country. But then you're like, wow, yeah. like this is what I would expect in some other country or some other like different upbringing or something. It's almost like a different world within the same area you know like you know you go to you travel around or you, you see some stuff right and you're like oh wow that's super interesting or you know different religions and stuff right and you're like all right i get it they're raised and they feel yeah. this way but then it's like oh right, we're yeah. in the same this guy lives in you know uh uh down the road from me or even my neighbor and he's just like on a totally other wavelength and it's, it's fascinating it's, 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 it's and you never you're like wow wow really wow <laughs> yeah like where did that happen how did you believe that yeah. why did you you know what do you I, mean? I know yeah so the whole election the whole fake election thing is yeah it, 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 it makes you know like you hear venezuela or these other countries where there's rigged elections and and i saw some funny memes too where it was like when they were you know talking about when the election or the results or whatever and then like you know they're saying well we know we know they know their results like the day of or before right like they like it's already set who wins or whatever and russia's poisoning people and you know the, you, the guy it's just different countries and different things and you start wondering like wow are we really is the u.s is it like we can't get a, we can't sort out in 2020 a clean election, a way to do it. And like, you know, in Brazil, for example, you have to go with the thing and they have like, you have to vote to get your benefit. Like they have in a way where yeah. it's, and, and there's not any problem or I maybe mean, very little. And then, you know, in ours, it's like, they saw this coming and it just seems like crazy that we can't sort it out to get a clean election or like a ride. Like it just, you know, and then so problem is so many people believe whether it, it was, was or wasn't an no election. Right. It was a clean election. That's what, that's what I'm saying. But there's three, the, 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 there's the, 300 million people in this 300 million. Yeah. I mean, how do you expect to have like the most, the most efficient election we could possibly have? There's going to be, I don't know, standard deviation of one or 2% that's going to get fucked up. But like 300 million people, if some dude isn't watching something, he's not six feet, he's six and a half feet out. You just want to discount the whole election. It's, it's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing is pretty, uh, pretty incredible. And, and uh, so, I guess my question to you would be: If you are at home somewhere in America and you are looking for clean news and understanding, and let's just take the coronavirus. Let's say you're in a you're in a family. Let's just say your wife thinks one thing and your your parents say another, and they're both super passionate, right? That let's say you say yeah. COVID, they, one thinks COVID is not a threat. Don't worry, you know we're healthy this or that or just you know you can't live like that another side is like don't go outside don't do whatever and then you're caught and you're not really sure right like you're kind of like yeah. all right like i get it i don't want to give it to people i don't want to get it but if i get it i believe i'm healthy and i'm not going to like live in a hole and and whatever but you're sort of like in you're not sure like how do you go about because i think this is something people are struggling with and then in the fact that your you know wife is is in the a nurse and she's in the code dealing with this so what would be your advice and again obviously you know, teach, do your own, right? Obviously everyone at home, you got to make your own decisions and, you know, take all the things. It's like, it's kind of a complicated formula, right? You're like, well, I'm healthy, but what about my parents? And, you know, you have to start thinking. And so many people are confused. Like even Canada, USA, you got a quarantine. Now you got a quarantine for two weeks. If you go somewhere, you know, the tests, Elon Musk is saying, I took four tests, two are positive, two are negative. You know, our, that's like who people look at as like the leaders, right? Like guys like that, that's yeah. who people look up to. And then just so much like confusing information. So it's like, what do you do? What would you suggest? Well, it, it, the whole the the whole thing is such a shit show. It's like you're walking on the street with your mask. Nobody's around you, but you have to have your mask on because you're walking. Then you sit down at a table and you take your mask off. Where people are around you, or airplanes. I mean, it's wild. I, I, again, it's like, what's your value system when it comes to politics? You just got to feel what you what you think is right. You got to feel your instinct. You got to go with the gut. You know, if your mom thinks that uh, COVID's not real or that she likes a political view and your wife thinks that COVID is real and likes the opposite view, you just got to go to the basis of, well, they both love their kids. You know, like everybody loves their kids. There's a foundation of everybody's human in some way. And that's why I don't that's why I love I, I have no problem with anybody that 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 doesn't feel the way I do at all, because that there is a level set. I mean, there's a foundation so I always go to that. And, and that's, that's how you kind of get away from the dissension of, of, of uh, when people right. don't you know, think the same things. But as far as like what you think, what, what, you know, how to react in this situation here, it's like you go, you got to go with your gut. Don't, you know, be in a car with somebody who has COVID, be socially distant and uh, wear your mask, right. I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I think, you know, ultimately, fundamentally too, the kind of like 
you know, I've done some personal development courses. And one of the things I think it helps to remember is, you know, do your best. Like that's what you can do your best. People are exactly. oftentimes doing their best. You know, like you see a parent yes. yelling and freaking out at a kid. They're probably not a bad person. They're probably just stressed out of their mind. They got financial issues, you know, whatever, right? They got stuff. People have things going on. Like you can't look in them at a second and like think that someone's crazy or like got a call, you know, to report pay like people have a lot on their plate and it's a, it's Jeff, an overwhelming time, you know? So Jeff, I'm when I, I'm zoom schooling my kid. Right. And I'm in the background. I'm just like this. I'm still working and whatever. And I get a, I get a note or a letter from the headmaster of the school. And the note is, I can read it, but the note says something to the effect of we've had teachers, students, and parents complain and are outraged that you're continually saying the words fuck shit and stupid on the zoom calls with the kids who are five years old. <laughs> yeah. And I just wrote it back. I mean, I obviously, cause I'm, I mean, this is how I talk and I'm in my own house and my kids with me and you know, fuck off. <laughs> and so, uh, I wrote him back. I'm just trying my best. And that was it. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing else you can do. Right. I'm trying my best. If it means so much to you, open your fucking school that I pay you so much money to have and get my kid back in there so he learns something and doesn't learn from me. Period. Very simple. And fuck off. How did that go? Terrific. There was, there was, um, there was no <laughs> reply? I think he wrote back, like, uh, thanks so much for your honest and uh, honest response or something like that. Right. Whatever. All right. There you go. That's, yeah. No, it's outrage. Word, the word outrage is what really got me. Parents are outraged. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> fuck yeah, you. Yeah, that's uh, that's man. So I, I think that's just a good. Again, it's an indicator. Life's crazy right now. You know, do your best. Try to try to realize that uh, everyone's kind of. You know, we all have uh, our our stuff going on. We all have you know unique situations. And again, in terms of, there's a lot of information out there. But use common sense. Go with your gut. Common you know, sense. It's, it's, gut. Just, it's always gut. Always it's, gut. It's, in uh, poker, dude. Always gut. Give, speaking of poker so are we going to see you anymore was that a one and done you got your 300 you won a pot you got I, lost no i lost my 300 i think i won 60 bucks and then i gave that and whatever i had to play with back so right. i mean the the feeling was so pure but i mean as uh, as our friend tony of the loveliest fandiari would say you're a fish and i will tell you first and foremost that i at, look at me i'm a fish I'm a full-blown fish. You sit me at a table and you just start, it's like pork chops. I will say that shirt. I like the shirt, but that's the shirt I'm looking for at the, uh, at the Aria, you know, like, that's, that's, yes, exactly. That is a, Who's that's, that guy? That's that guy. We need that guy around. That's uh that's a beautiful, I like the shirt though. Well, listen, uh, you know, Finks, I got, I got, I mean, you're one of those guys. I think you're going to, we'll, we have to uh, auto stamp you for two, three podcasts, like for, for, for Jeff, more. This was a pleasure, an honor. I'm happy. This is the first time I ever put something down like this. So I, I was nervous at the beginning, but now I'm not. So what, what about, what about, better. well, yeah, no, listen, it's been a treat, man. I really do. Again, for those of you that maybe tune in or fast forward around and, and as we're kind of closing out here, this is uh, Mark Finkel known as Finks. And just, uh, you know, he's not a poker player. He's, he, as he was mentioning, he's played once. He's not a, uh, he does, he's a jack all trades. He's just one of those guys you love to talk to super sharp, Thank done, you. done real estate. He's an agent, one of the youngest agents ever at uh, IMG. And, and he's, uh, he's, he's been around and had a lot of great stories. So, uh, do you want to leave us with any? You want to leave us? Well, uh, shout out to Men of Things. Do you want to tell a story? Uh, Men of Things for Men of Things for life. And uh, shout out to my good buddies. I want to say, uh, if my family ever sees this, I love you so much. I love the kids. Uh, I just hope everybody stays healthy, and uh, we come out of this um, a happier country because we need to. And Jeff, you're doing your good work. We appreciate it. I, listen, I, I appreciate you being on and, and thanks if ever you go into podcasting, which you know, I think would be, uh, that might be your calling, even though it would take a while, I, right? I, you know, I'm thinking, and I had this bad boy to what? go today, but it didn't work what because the I had this fucking, because Apple and this and that, it's all bullshit and lies, lies. Let me, let this me, doesn't work. Let me just see, put that in the mic. Lee, you should have just left that in the shot. Like we, we couldn't oh, really? push, push it over a little, push it, like push this it. Way. So it's not all the way. Yeah. Like, so you're not blocking you, but yeah, maybe so the cords yeah. off just like it's there. I mean, this, this is what we need about things. This is what I'm talking about. It's hard. You know, this is like, because you, if you just throw you at the right setup, if you could just show up and be on a podcast, that would be, you'd be top of the charts, but I'm down to do it. I think, I'll, you know what the, you know what the hurdle on that is? Yes. I know a lot of hurdles. This 
this right. and this and Technology. your fucking interface and this and you yeah. power. That's a, and you're homeschooling. Bullshit. And you can't swear and be on homeschool no. and then no. be next to your kid. You no, know. this is how I talk on the phone and I'm next to my kid who, you know, he's, he, he's, he's he knows you mean well with that. Like he's not, he yeah. knows any well, but yeah. the, the headmaster or the, whoever that is, the they're, headmaster not, called they're, out, they're actually, they're outraged. They're outraged. Just well, leave, leave okay. it right. Pull it in a little. There you go. That's good. We'll, we'll make, that'll be our shot. Cause you know, things, this was not live. So honestly, it's unfortunate because you know, like we said, live and a liability, you were, uh, we, we, for a few reasons, we didn't do it live, but honestly, there's, I don't, there's no edits. This is just, I was all right. Cut. No, you crushed it. This was absolutely a gem. Like I, said, I was all right. A repeat guest. Maybe we get you on with, uh, you know, Jason and then have some fun on a, on a duel, but I think you should look into your own podcast and, and just get it set up, you know, like just have it available right. and down the line. I, I think you would enjoy right, so, it. So JG, let me ask you a question. You yep. have some dude in, Kazakhstan working your system Croatia right now? not some dude Vadrian he's a legend he's honestly the prince of Croatia sky without this I have no shot like <laughs> like you're like what you're saying that's my day I, it's embarrassing I couldn't get live like on Twitch I, if I, I had to you need you need help, man, because it's so tilty. And if you knew the places in the world, it's it's crazy, man. And and then every time, you know, like there's static or this thing, one thing doesn't work. Or imagine yeah, traveling, imagine doing sweating. it on the road. You get you lose your luggage. Like you go to an Airbnb or a hotel, they say they got upload, download good. It's not like I've dealt with so much BS, uh, and and it's just such it's a learning tilting. thing. But like we got to get you, you off the you, ground. You, would, you you think with this many podcasts, this many people, that they fucking figure it out, make it easy for the common person. Man, I'll What's tell you what, a podcast in a box or something, right? Like you could just like open right. up and just be live and like have Why is all, that so like, hard? Maybe that's a place. I got this I got this fucking thing. Good. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you right know, there. That's this? where it should have been. We should have been like this just to look like you were audio on that, but that's a good shot. This could be our cover shot. Like I was saying, we're not live, so we got it. We're gonna put this out uh this coming week. You are gonna be podcast number one nineteen. And uh yes, yeah, man, Jeff. this is uh this is good stuff, man. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. The legend Mark Finkel Fink's in the book, MOF shout out, and uh we'll uh, we'll see you guys on another podcast Thanks, very boys. soon. Thanks, Jeffy. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.